0: Hey, what's going on Days Travelers? I'm Jason, and I'm here interviewing park rangers and outdoor enthusiasts just like you, getting their story and tips so you can be ready for your next adventure. Joining us this week is Olivia Loretto. She grew up in Minerwells, Texas, and she decided to move to Hong Kong. Let's deep dive into some of her adventures and let's see how she's doing. Um, I was, uh,
1: in my camp, I was a counselor. Um... It was actually, it's a very different kind of camp from like your normal summer kids camp um, because the camp itself serves people, um, children and adults with disabilities. So it's a pretty specialized camp. Um, So everyone who went there had um, some sort of disability. So whether it was autism or they um, were paraplegic. Uh, they were able to come to the camp. Um, and as a counselor, because of the population that we served, we were basically um, those the people who would be their caregivers. So most of the people there may be nonverbal or unable to feed themselves. So as a counselor, you were, you know, their hands and feet. You were the one who fed them, changed them, bathed them, and then if. We had the like the recreational acti- activities, uh, horseback riding, um, the zip line, um, all of those were adaptable. So sometimes we would have to ride on the horse with them and hold them up or um, there's a special zip line chair and belt that we would use to get people left there if they were unable to walk. So um, my <laughs> role was a counselor, which is a very different role from your <laughs> typical summer camp. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. I mean, like, wow. And how many kids did you like? Were you counseling? Like, uh, you had under your wing.
1: Uh, so each cabin would have seven to eight campers. Um, they've recently expanded, so they are having I think it's like ten to twelve campers now. Um, but it was actually so some only like I think only two weeks out of the summer we served kids. Um, so we would have kids from like six to 12 um and then most of our campers were actually adults because they were there was a week where we would serve young adults so we would have like you know 20 year olds to 30 year olds together and then we'd have the 30 year olds to 40 year olds and there is even a week where you know if you're above the age of 50 um you would come all together and it, it the Variety it was just really um, amazing, I think, and I think uh, doing that role really um, inspired me to do more challenging things. I think.
0: What are some of the new, like, challenging things you 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 th- like you were mentioning?
1: Uh, well, cause I think because you're put in a spot where you're not really comfortable. I mean, there were a lot of things that we had to do that you know most people wouldn't be able to do. You know, like changing someone. Or bathing someone or even feeding them. You know, sometimes those things are a little uncomfortable if you're not sure how the other person feels. Um, right. So that kind of pushed me to want to try different things. My, I guess the probably the biggest one is, you know, talk to people that you wouldn't normally speak to. And mm-hmm. kind of get to know them, I think. So that was a really big learning experience for me.
0: That's awesome. That's really amazing. I'm glad that you were able to do that and help those kids out like that. Was that like only a one summer thing or did you go back and do it for the second summer?
1: I did it all throughout college, actually. I think I started my uh, second year and it was a summer job. And then after that, I did it every summer since, uh, from there, I think, until after I graduated. So I did it for four seasons. Um so, you know, I dedicated a lot of time to them. And they really helped me grow, I think, as a person.
0: No, that's amazing. I didn't know you did all that for, like, so long. That's that's very incredible of you, Um, giving your time to help them and your efforts and everything. Because then, yeah, I just had to deal with normal kids. And I wasn't even like, a counselor. <laughs> I was just filming them, you know? And... Yeah,
1: but still, normal kids. It's, it's so hard to get the a picture from, <laughs> from a child. I couldn't imagine. That's probably difficult.
0: So, like, did all your, like, um like your travels were after college or did you do more traveling and camping before this the camp experience over there at your camp leadership
1: actually it was uh definitely prior i, I so i'd never traveled much before i started working at the camp um because the camp is part of the Camp America Association um they're able to um fly in people um who are from different countries so that they can also experience, you know, the camp life in the U S because the U S and Canada are very known for camping.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, So a lot of people I met while working at the camp were international, which was uh, completely different for me just because I was from a smaller town. We, you know, maybe got one exchange student, you know, every two or three years. So when I was exposed to people from other countries, it was really, you know, exciting to me. Um, so I met people from, you know, Australia, the UK, um, South Africa. And so being exposed to meeting these new people, um, just hearing about their travels, I think I was inspired to start traveling myself. Yeah. Um, So actually, you know, it was a good opportunity once they went back. I've already made friends abroad. So my first trip was seeing friends in the UK um, and so I was able to go visit them in England and through, you know, through the camp experience, it was really cool to meet these internationals and I never been a big camper prior to that. I think I've always been outdoorsy just because I grew up in a small town. There wasn't much to do. So we, you know, we're outside all the time, uh, but the camp exposed me to people who liked doing outdoor things and i was able to you know i started you know going hiking and then eventually hiking led to camping here and then you know that led to going to a different state and trying that somewhere else so nice. I think that really sparked my curiosity in that area
0: uh what was your favorite trip in the united states you would say like go outside of you outside of texas i'm guessing that's where you did most of your trips right or did you do most of your camping hiking within texas
1: uh, i actually did most of my camping hiking outside of texas um i think my favorite one was definitely my grand canyon trip mm-hmm. um i debt i have been to the grand canyon before but um
0: Hey, I'm glad you're enjoying this episode so far. Please give us a like, download, or review on any platform that you're listening on. This will help the podcast grow, and it will help us reach our first goal of 100 downloads.
1: Because it was with some my three best friends, um, we were really excited um, to be, t- we lived together for a year and decided that, you know, we wanted to do a big trip together. Um, We were all moving internationally the year after, so we decided to, you know, really try to make more memories together on this trip. So we um, decided to go to the Grand Canyon and uh, New Mexico and Mm. camp. But we, like, last minute, I think, decided to go to New Mexico first uh, (laughs) because we wanted to see the world's biggest pistachio. (laughs) (laughs) uh and and we ended up you know passing white sands uh national park yeah and it was amazing
0: oh yeah the sand just falls through your hands it doesn't really stick
1: yeah it's like snow it's like warm snow um so we liked we, we really we were there for much longer than we intended and and then yes we went to the grand canyon and we camped out there
0: what did you guys go like you guys did a lot of hiking in Grand Canyon like what kind of activities did you guys do?
1: We did we did a lot of the hiking trails um the one that we did we wanted to go all the way down into the Grand Canyon. Uh but was... I think halfway there it started raining. Uh-huh. Uh, so we had to like it took us like 4 hours but we basically had to run back up. Oh my in the rain. god
0: was it the angel was um I don't remember the trail I think it might have been so we went to the grand canyon as well I know this is this is your um your story but we also went there and I think the trail was called angels trail I'm, I'm yeah. not quite sure that was the one that you guys was did a as trail.
1: well
0: oh wow I yeah I think so
1: it's it takes you down into the canyon mm mm-hmm. mhm uh-huh. And you're supposed
0: to go to, like... Well, my friend wanted to go to the river, right? Like, right. that's the destination. And we started at 11. So that was our big first mistake. And we were supposed to only do, like, a day hike. And he had, like, a 50-pound bag with him. This is, this is our literally our first adventure together outside <laughs> Texas. And we had no idea. Like, we camped once in Cap Rock, and that was it. And then we decided to do the Grand Canyon after graduation. Um, and then we were, like, four hours in, like you... It didn't rain. However, there was this British couple. They, they turned into like a parent mode. They were like, you guys don't have the gears to stay there. You guys aren't going to reach here. It's going to turn dark. They, they went all out and just like, hey, snap, snap, turn back now. And But right. I'm glad we listened to them because then we, we got back up to like 11 p.m. at night going back up. It was ridiculous. Really? Yeah. So I don't <laughs> know what your experience are like.
1: Yeah, it was it it was very similar. Although uh, we saw everybody else going down there with all of the equipment, we thought, hmm, you know, if we make it to to the very bottom, it's gonna take us a while to get back up, and we don't know if we're really equipped for it. And obviously, we it started raining. We didn't know it was gonna rain, so we had to, you know, go back up, and it took a while, but we might, we we made it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We actually ended up so we did stay. We camped up on top of the canyon instead. Yeah. And um, it rained all night and our tent had flooded. Ooh. Uh, so we woke up at like 3 or 4 a.m. And uh, the entire bottom of our tent was just like a lake of its own. So Ooh, we, wow. we had to hurry and like we actually packed up and decided just to head back to New Mexico uh, right after that.
0: Oh, wow. How much more days would you would you have stayed if it rained out like that?
1: I think we wanted to stay for a couple more days, um but we already we had already made plans to go to New Mexico anyway, so it worked out
0: okay, cool so what like so now here's an interesting question. You're in Hong Kong right now, first of all, that's like <laughs> uh, like a small town girl like you from Texas is a completely <laughs> different country like how did you make that decision that jump like how like that's just very interesting to me
1: uh, well, like I said before um I was living with my three greatest friends, you know, from college. And so we had just started working together and decided to move in together because one of my friends was moving to London, uh, to live there with her boyfriend. And we were all really excited for her. But at the same time, you know, whenever you have really close friends, it's really hard to just, you know, uh, say goodbye and then realize that they're gone. So I think this is something we all realized we were going to miss her a lot. Uh, so, knowing that she was leaving, all of the rest of us just decided to make other decisions to leave as well. So, one <laughs> of my friends signed up to to go to Africa and she was nursing in Africa. And then I had made the decision to move to Asia. Um so I did all of my research and I, you know, I was looking for a place that was a city cuz I I really enjoy the city environment. I like, you know, the groups of people that you meet. Um, But I also really wanted the opportunity to continue hiking and to continue camping. Um, Right. And I have a friend who grew up here in Hong Kong. And he um, told me, well, I think what you're looking for is Hong Kong. Why don't you look into it? So all I did was read on the Internet. I looked at YouTube videos um, and realized, you know, I'm going to try Hong Kong and see if I like it. Um, so I chose to go to Hong Kong, and then my last friend, she actually joined the Peace Corps, and luckily she was chosen to go to Thailand. So she's actually very close to me, so I can see her on the weekend if I um, fly out there. So,
0: oh wow, I, I didn't know that—a big jump. Yeah. So, what, like, what have you? So, how you've been there for at least a year, right? If i
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay. What was like the okay? So, what was your mindset when you first moved there for like the first month? Like, what was the culture shock, and what is it like now? Would you say?
1: Um, like I said, I had done a lot of research about it in the first place, so I kind of knew a little bit of information about it. Um, I think there are a lot of differences between the cultures. Um, first of all, obviously, can't uh, you know, they, they're First language here is Cantonese.
0: That's my that's my home language. Really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Because usually most people I meet, they're like, "Oh no, we speak Mandarin."
0: Exactly. But,
1: um... <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you know, their first language is Cantonese here, but le- luckily the Hon- Hong Kong has um, uh, there is a lot of English influence here, so most everybody here speaks English as well. So you so literally are okay. Yeah, I did. I got really lucky um, because I'm able to, um, I, you know, pick up a couple of Cantonese words, but at the same time, I'm not completely lost when it comes to language barrier.
0: What's, like, the best phrase you use that you picked up or most useful? Uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ordering food, I think. I know. <laughs> yes. I think that's my favorite one. I'm like, I always order the sumai, so... Uh-huh. I know exact I don't even have to look at the menu. I can order my food. Um, and I think, ooh, what is, I guess, um, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. So oh, wow. You said a, a lot. A proper formal one.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Usually I used to say, uh, which is like the not so formal one, I think. Or just really? I've like, yeah.
1: never heard that one.
0: Really? Yeah. It's, yeah. Mostly, it's I like hear a you lot know something. Just say, say to somebody, maybe they'll be, they'll be like, that. oh, ah, Yeah. Doche.
1: Doche. Okay. Yeah. There okay. Okay. I'll see what happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, I hope you're enjoying our show so far. And if you do, please consider joining our Patreon page at patreon.com slash days travel, where your contribution will help us with our research and put out more content. Plus, you'll be giving back to Mother Nature. It's a win for everyone. Enjoy the rest of the podcast, brought to you by my contributing Patreons. Um, so I, oh, so interesting thing I saw on your Facebook. Um, you ate scorpion, I think. Fright
1: I did. S- How was that? It was great. I actually, so I took a weekend trip to go see my friend in Thailand. Um, Thailand had a, they had a three-day weekend for Buddha's birthday. And so it was a good opportunity opportunity for me to spend some time with her. So she actually lives in the southern part of Thailand, but um, we met in Bangkok. So um, I, I went to go see her for a couple of days, and on my list was I wanted to eat a scorpion. Oh, wow. Um, so, it was really interesting. We went to I think it's Sun Road, and it, I, we thought it was going to be difficult to find one, but nope. Someone as soon as we walked onto the road, um, a girl came up to us and she's like, "Do you want scorpion?" And I was <laughs> like, it? "Oh, check." Actually, I I and I was like, you know what? Let's wait it out. Like, maybe, let's not eat scorpion yet. Let's you know explore around. and Maybe there's like more interesting bugs or something that we can see. <laughs> So we, like, explored for a little bit. But then the same girl came up to us maybe, like, two hours later. And she offered us the scorpion again. And I was like, you know what? Let's just get the scorpion.
0: Oh, my goodness. Not, <laughs> yeah, not it was many very brave. Hmm? Not many people are that brave to try things like that. Um, salute you.
1: Right. I mean, but when do you get the opportunity to eat such a delicacy, really? So mm. um, I think, oh, I, I mean, I'm trying because... I live in Asia now. I think I'm trying so many different foods. Because um, the cuisine here is like the a variety is amazing. So, you know, trying something new in each country, I think, is really important. And, you know, why not try food that you've never seen before? So
0: Yeah, I'm all for that. Like, once you're, <laughs> once you're there, eat what the locals eat, you know? Right, uh, yeah. Um, so, are you guys – so, like – what's your situation it's like are you just gonna stay in asia for the rest of your life or are you gonna
1: (laughs) (laughs) i keep asking myself that every day um i don't know i love it here i think actually my biggest question for right now is where do i go next
0: just want to thank our guest one more time olivia loretto for joining us this time don't forget to tune in for part two of her adventure in hong kong and if you have an interesting travel story that you want to share on this podcast, go to www.daystravel.com. Go to the podcast page, scroll all the way down, and email me. And I also want to give a shout out to all my Patreon contributors because this episode won't be possible without you guys. Lin Hua has joined our Day's Travel Patreon community. Welcome, I'm Jason and I'll talk to you next time.